Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt that tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found out nothing but leaves, but because it was not yet the season for figs. And then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, he entered the, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believe what they will say, it will happen. It will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. They arrived in Jerusalem, and while Jesus was walking by the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you the authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, then he will ask them, Why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, they feared the people, for everyone held that John was really a prophet. So they said, they answered Jesus, We don't know. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Amen. I'm going to talk about this for five minutes, and then I'm going to have Byron come and lead us in communion. We close these Fifth Sunday family services by taking communion together. Essentially what we have in this is Jesus taking the action of coming into the city of Jerusalem as the king. And he's fulfilling so many prophecies you could do a whole Bible study on it. And 
literally, directly, you know, Old Testament prophets saying this would happen. And it's in commotion. It's the Passover time. There's lots of people coming in, and important people got an entrance. This is what Jesus gets. And some of what they're doing even reminds us of, like, when we're just going through Elijah and Elisha, like Jehu, where they're laying out their, blank, their things before him to make a path, and they're declaring him the king. But he's not the kind of king, and he's not looking like all, nor other kings. He's a humble king. It's, it's different. You could have been in Jerusalem and not known this was going on. See, sometimes we imagine, like, oh, this was the biggest deal in town. It wasn't the biggest deal in town. Passover is the biggest deal in town. The temple was the biggest deal in town. There was bigger things going on. This was a thing, and if you were there, maybe you would have seen it. But he's the king of the universe the whole time. And then they walk by. There's this several things happen all together. Jesus passes by a tree that has leaves on it, but he wants fruit. And it's got leaves, and it's making a statement about it being out of season because it's, it's, a leaf, it's a tree that's essentially boasting. And I've read about this in the commentaries and things about there was kind of a double season of figs. There was these things called early figs, which Craig Keener says aren't exactly figs. They're kind of based, but they're edible, right? So if a tree had leaves like this, even though it was early out of season, there was something to eat on it, right? So here's a tree, and it's got the leaves. And to everybody that looks at it says, oh my goodness, it's got these figs on these pre-figs on it, these early figs. This is what this, and he goes and looks and finds it's not true. But when you look at it, you think it's true. It reveals itself to not have the fruit that it's claiming to have to people. And Jesus immediately goes into the temple, and there's people there. And you gotta keep in mind this is a sacrifice time. And, People travel from all over, and they don't have stuff. And in a way, this wasn't a bad thing to be doing. It's like a service. Like, I know you're coming from, you know, wherever you're coming from, you know, Orlando, and you can't bring your own doves, so don't worry. We got some here you can buy. But sorry, it's going to cost you a lot because I don't care, you know. And it's more of that than what Jesus is talking about. People using the powerless temples it's like there's a religious authority here that's powerless and they're using it to exploit people and Jesus has had enough of it and of all the things they're like Who, what are you doing how are you doing this and he says is it not written that my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations that you have made it a den of robbers and Malachi said that Jesus was going to come and do this I had that scripture, but we don't need to read it right now. It's in Malachi 3. You can read this about Jesus coming and cleansing. And who can, who can stand the fuller soap, you know? This is all about false advertising. And here's the thing we can know. False advertising is going to be found out. The fake things we do are going to be found out. Maybe not always in this life, but when we stand before God, they're going to be found out. They're already found out. But God is kind, like I read He's not, he's kind and he's patient, longing for all to repent. The tree's lying. The temple people were exploiting people and lying. And God has had enough of that. And the sign of it is when they walk back by the tree, the Jesus curse is dead. And the disciples are like, whoa. And they know what the symbology of all this. This is referring to all sorts of things, early fruit, lots of prophetic stuff. These people knew their Bible. And so... They knew that this was a statement against 
Israel's current condition and something about what Jesus was doing. But it's also a statement to all of us about look at your fruit or the fruit you're claiming to have. Are you all leaves? And then at the end, because everybody, this is the thing. Everybody knows that Jesus is challenging them, and it's not fun. They're like, I don't like when this guy who claims to be God comes in and tells me I'm doing wrong things, you know? Not on my list of fun things to do, right? Well, they know that, and they don't like it. And so they come to him and like, what authority do you have to say this, huh? Jesus is like, I'm more than happy to talk about authority, and I'm going to ask you a question which will reveal where you think your authority comes from. Because as a priest, shouldn't your authority come from God? like mine does but he asked them a question and it tells us their deliberation because it reveals their heart they say if we say this then the people will say that and if we say this then the people will say that and we can't answer him because we lose either way which shows they care what the people think and Jesus is like well if that's where your authority is coming from we don't have a whole lot to talk about Jesus is the king. And that's what's going on in this. And Jesus... The truth comes out. I was going to read a quote from this book. I'm not going to read it now. Byron, come on up here. But I highly recommend this. This was one of our first... We have that Form and Fire book club that we... uh, we uh, do in the summers where we read through books. This book is a really good book. This guy wrote it near the end of his life, The Unshakable Kingdom of God and the Unchanging Person of Jesus. <laughs> and he goes through different aspects of what that, what that is like, what that means. And uh, God's not surprised by anything. We are. I am all the time, you know, surprised in good and bad ways. God is not. And uh, um, that's kind of what's going on in this this whole chapter is that things we think are going on, Jesus is revealing that they're not so often as they appear. And it's easy to be false advertising. So I've asked Byron to come up to lead us in communion. Byron's a pastor in our midst. He's going to lead us through communion. And the way we do communion here, just so you know, everybody's invited to come. It's the body and blood of Jesus. It's the Lord's table, and we're taking from it together. This is the conclusion of our service. We do this by the process of what we call intinction, where There'll be people here with the cup and the bread. You take a piece of the bread and you dip it in the cup and then you eat it. That's how we do it. That's the methodology. I know other people do it different ways. Just for clarity, that's what we do. All right. But I'm going to invite Byron in. Many of you who have been in church, um, maybe all of your lives or for a good while, uh, are familiar with... uh, what we call the Lord's Supper, uh, the Last Supper. And uh, it's interesting that uh, in the book that we're studying currently, Mark, uh, in the 14th chapter, uh, we read about um, this taking place. And and I'm just going to read these few verses, and uh, then we're going to pray and uh, uh, ask uh, some of you to come up and and serve. Do Do we have people lined up? Okay, okay. All right, um, so let me, let me read this. Mark chapter 12, or 14 rather, verse 22 and following. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So as we uh, share together in the Lord's Supper this morning, let's be reminded of that, that upper room scene with the disciples and with Jesus and all that was going on as it was about to lead up to his death. And uh, these elements were, were pointing to or were uh, showing the disciples what the reality of, of knowing Jesus was as partaking of his flesh and drinking of his blood, as it were. And um, that may be offensive to, to some folks. Uh, and we read about that in the New Testament as well, that uh, uh, lots of folks were turned away because they um, you know, thought he was talking about cannibalism uh, of sorts. But uh, at any rate, uh, I'm going to pray, and we're going to break the bread. And uh, I'm going to ask um, if uh, four of our youth uh, can be prepared to come up and uh, share. We'll need two on one side and two on the other. And uh, I'll... Uh, hand you the elements and we'll we'll go okay yeah that'd be good all right thank you guys jump over here we're gonna separate the guys from the girls here <clears throat> okay let's let's pray our heavenly father we thank you for this wonderful time uh, this service that we have enjoyed uh, a wide variety of things that are uh, very important in the body. Lord, we've, uh, we've heard testimonies uh, of changed lives and what you're doing in, in our youth. And Lord, uh, they are the f future. And so, Lord, we rejoice in that. Uh, we've talked about things we can partner together with other churches in, the giving of turkeys and other things that are a, a real physical blessing to them. Lord, we've, we've sadly heard about uh, brokenness in this church. And it shouldn't surprise us because the fact of the matter is we're all broken. And so, Lord, as we come to this table... Lord, let us be reminded that uh, we should confess our sins. And when we do, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Lord, we just uh, commit this, um, this meal and uh, the partaking of it uh, as being in accordance with your will and obedience to your commands. So, Lord, we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do and the way you're going to show yourself through this experience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.